Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Life isn't about avoiding the bruises. It's about collecting the scars to prove that we showed up for it. Join Nikki Seberini for the next hour as she explores heroism through illness. There is a warrior inside each of us. This is LifeLinks with the DL Link. LifeLinks is a funding initiative of the DL Link. So I'd like to welcome Dr. Gary Sadwartz, who's a diagnostic and interventional radiologist. He is the founder of The Microsurgery, and he practices at a number of net care hospitals. Gary, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Nikki. You know, Gary, I have to say that reading up about this um, and looking at interventional radiology and looking um, or, or you know, at this whole realm, this whole new realm is so exciting. Um, it feels like a Star Trek movie has caught up. And, you know, like those those scans that they used to use, like in a second flat, people could heal. I kind of feel like this is the direction we're heading in, um, Gary. Am I completely off the mark? Oh, is, is uh, it major strides? Is it having a huge impact? I completely share your enthusiasm. I mean, I, I look at it every day. I marvel at, at the new things we can do and new treatments we can provide and that we're on the cutting edge, you know, like the, the technology is really reaching out very, very quickly to people. So, no, no, I'm super excited about what we can do now. That's just amazing. So then let's start off. I, I want to I look at um, interventional radiology. What is it and how does it differ from, from normal radiology or, or being an interventional radiologist? How does it differ from being a normal radiologist? It's a very uh, good question. <laughs> I've been trying to answer that question for a long time. Do we need the um, whole so show? <laughs> I'm going to try and simplify it. So it's, it's using radiology to do surgery. So using images, uh, imaging, digital imaging or x-rays uh, to perform a procedure without cutting. So we're using an ultrasound to get to a little area or we're using x-rays to direct the catheter through the arteries. That's essentially what it is. Um, it's huge uh, uh, sort of, areas within interventional oncology would be one or embolization would be another and these are um, people who are specialized essentially we don't even do radiology anymore uh, in America uh, so we go straight into interventional radiology as a separate specialty like ophthalmology or gynecology this is its own uh, space. No, I think you answered that very, very well. So let's break it down for our listeners. And we're going we're gonna to look at um, the amazing work, like I know, um, um, unblocking fallopian tubes and very specifically looking at the treatment of cancer. But let's just break it down for people to understand. So let's look at an, an embolism, for, for example. Um, now, normally, if someone has a, a, an artery embol embolization, the what is the normal procedure? Um, so we're not looking at the microsurgery. What is the normal procedure if someone has that kind of embolism? Okay, so let me try and, uh, so, so usually... Sorry, I know I'm asking very open. complex questions. No, I just no. want everyone to really get an understanding of how incredible, you know, this work is. Yeah, so, so what I'm uh, trying, so, so an embolism, as you know, is a, a blockage of the arteries. Generally, you don't want your arteries blocked. Uh, yeah. You want them open, you, you attend a doctor because your artery is blocked in the heart or the lung, whatever. Actually, what we do is we block arteries intentionally. Um, which is a bit counterintuitive. So when you come to me, you really want that artery blocked. Um, and it's for very good reasons. So, so what we can do now, in, 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 kind of against the grain, is by blocking an artery, we can treat a specific condition. And these are very common 
conditions that we're treating. So for instance, uh, a fibroid is a tumor within, uh, a benign tumor within the uterus. And half of women have fibroids. And the commonest cause for hysterectomy is fibroids. So in your listenership, uh, I guess half the listeners are women and, and half of them have been diagnosed with a fibroid at some stage. Now, not all of them need treatment. They could get away with iron or pain pills or whatever, uh, but, but a large number will need a, uh, a, a, some intervention. And one of those, so the commonest uh, intervention would be a hysterectomy. Now, what we can do is we can block that artery. So the arteries to the fibroids, we can block them with tiny particles, and that's called an embolization. So we cause an embolism within uh, the fibroid. And then the, the fibroid now dead uh, will shrink and, uh, and die and the, uh, the symptoms will disappear. So that's essentially what we do is we're blocking uh, arteries, for instance, in the liver, uh, for liver cancer, we could put chemotherapy, uh, causing again an embolization within the liver, uh, but that would be a very neat way uh, to kill a liver tumor instead of cutting it out. Okay, all right, amazing. Again, I'm gonna ask you to slow it down. So. If you are doing this, you're, so you're talking about these micro procedures, it's microsurgery, you, you, you're a radiologist who is performing surgery, but there's no cutting. So you're not, there is no surgery. And how, how do you cross over from being the radiologist to now working in this area? Um, you're talking about blocking the artery and you're looking at treatments. Is it a whole different training, Gary? Yeah, so it is very, very specific. So what we, what generally people don't walk into my practice and say, listen, I want some microsurgery, please. Uh, they'll come in from a specialist. So the specialist will have diagnosed them uh, with a, a condition and said, listen, this is, this is the, these are your options. Uh, so generally we would get a referral from, from a, a specialist. But remember, these conditions are so common, the patients are coming to us directly. And mm. they're saying, uh, my doctor has not, uh, thought of this or what do you think or do you think it could apply and then we would discuss it obviously with the doctor um, and, and get it all together so it, to answer your question it is specific training um, it's something that we've developed uh, you know the basics I learned at Baraguana Hospital years ago and then within that if I found a particular area of interest I would seek out the specialist in that area internationally and, and we'd collaborate and learn. We might even learn over a WhatsApp a video call um, mm. to do something or, or go into that international conferences. So yes, it is super specialized, uh, but we are talking to sort of people every day. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. Welcome back to the DL Link Show. We're having such an interesting conversation, really looking at the future of medicine, which is incredibly exciting. We often um, look at different treatments on this show, and this is very specific. I have Dr. Gary Sudwartz. Um, he is a diagnostic and interventional radiologist and founder of the microsurgery, and he practices at a number of neck care hospitals. Gary's been explaining uh, very well um, how it actually works, this non-surgical micro procedure. We're going to be looking at it in terms of cancer um, coming up just now, but right now, um, he worked very closely with Dr. Maya Wajna recently um, at the Park Lane Hospital, Nikke Park Lane Hospital, um, and he's going to tell us more. So, Gary, tell us, tell, explain what what exactly it is that you what you did there. All right. So, so I I actually have a, a regular list every month. Uh, I spend uh, four or five days in at Park Lane 
Um, I live in Cape Town, but I come to Park Lane to do fibroid embolization. Uh, so we did this for a number of years. Um, women come in overnight and uh, that we treat the fibroids without actually cutting them out. So we've got fantastic uh, results in that. Um, very happy patients. And then another area we've recently uh, started treating is fallopian tubes. So uh, women with fallopian tube uh, blockage have very few options. They're basically uh, infertile and need um, IVF. And what we can do, in, in not all fallopian tubes, but, but a large number of blockages, just a, a cluster of cells and, and some mucus and that kind of stuff, and we can actually uh, unblock them. So rendering these women fertile. Uh, and this is something can actually be treated you know, under medical aid uh, funding, and it's really uh, in and out, same-day procedure. That's super exciting. We've actually got our first pregnancy uh, from that procedure uh, wow. about a month ago. That's, that's great, Gary. How would you normally treat blocked fallopian tubes? Well, honestly, there isn't really another treatment. Okay. So these women are, are told and, and they are blocked, but they, but they can be unblocked. As I say, if the tube is, is blocked because it's been damaged by an infection or endometriosis or another permanent condition, then it's not going to work. But a large number, uh, we can actually unblock. Okay, so now let's bring this um, closer to home on this show. Lots of um, cancer warriors listening, people going through different types of treatment. How would this be relevant to them? Right, so we're now expanding uh, the options for the, uh, I guess, the cancer treating doctors. So the way it works is that someone's diagnosed with cancer and they come to, uh, their problem is discussed in a group, a multidisciplinary meeting. Um, and that's a combination of radiologists and oncologists and surgeons and uh, physicians and so on. And one of the treatment options now, uh, please, maybe I can make it a little bit. It's a very complicated field because I think there's a misunderstanding of, of what cancer actually is, is that yeah. every cancer is a different uh, condition in, in the sense that every genetic abnormality, every change in those cells is totally different mm -hmm. so when you talk about liver cancer you've got groups of liver cancer we're now understanding that within this huge number of uh tumors which are clustered together as liver cancers they are different so we're making better diagnosis and therefore the treatments are better so we get a, a better biopsy that's the radiologist or the interventional radiologist we get a better diagnosis from the pathologist and then you go through a cancer uh, treatment regime and our uh, treatment of uh, chemotherapy as a group, let's say, you know, giving it into uh, the vein as we, as we currently do may not be the, or certainly isn't the only option. We could give it directly into the cancer. And mm. that's the exciting part we get involved in. So we can connect the chemo directly with the tumor by sending a little tiny catheter, so a catheter is just a tube, it's a, a plastic tube, um, into the small branch artery that's feeding that tumor so instead of all the side effects of, of chemotherapy and you know this chemo going all over the body we can give a very very high dose directly into the tumor um, and that's what that does is it may cure the cancer uh, if we're lucky but usually it, it downstages and what that means is that the tumor gets smaller uh, or the number of tumors gets smaller and therefore we have more options so we could for instance, cut out 
or do it again or a liver transplant. These makes uh, options available that weren't previously available because of the stage of the cancer. Have I slowly swarmed your brain? No, not at all. I think you're explaining it so well, Gary. So this is the TACE, the T-A-C-E, um, yes. because you've done this. You've done this again with Dr. Wajno on, uh, on a liver, on, on dealing specifically with liver cancer. Yeah, so, so uh, that TACE stands for trans-arterial chemoembolization. And what uh, that is, is we give a, a, a chemotherapy agent that is um, mixed with a radio dense so something we can see under x-rays oil and that combination uh sits in the tumor right right specifically in that little ball of of tumor cells and mm-hmm. uh emits the chemotherapy into the into the tumor so what we see is you know massive reduction in the size of that tumor uh over a short period of time and it might be something we would need to repeat again and again uh but it gives you know patients who are now look you know looking at maybe you know a very limited amount of life available to them because their options are exhausted are now uh, looking at new life because suddenly the tumors are getting smaller, um, which is which is super exciting. Just want to point out this, uh, we don't actually do this procedure at Park Lane. Um, yeah. that, that Park Lane, more specifically a women in child hospital, yes. uh, the yeah. chemotherapy uh, we're doing uh, in Cape Town. Okay, Gary, because you 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 are delivering such a high dosage of this chemotherapy directly to these cancer cells, does that mean there would be less treatment required? I know you said that, um, you know, you're looking at treatment later on, but I, I, in terms of if you had to compare it to chemotherapy, and now you're using this taste, this T A C E. Yeah, so so I think, um, but don't want to. It, it, it's it's important. This is an, another arrow kind of in our quiver. So it's not a replacement necessarily for chemotherapy as a whole, okay. Uh, okay. but uh, we would use it uh, in specific stages of uh, either primary, so that the tumors that arise from the liver or secondary uh, metastases to the liver. Um, so it's, it's not something we're going to see as replacing chemotherapy, uh, I don't okay. think, for a while, uh, but it gives us another option in terms of delivery. Okay, so not for a while. Do you think it could, though? Um, you know, these this non-invasive way of very directly um, delivering this high dose. Do you think that, and I know I'm putting you on the spot, but do you think that mm. that is the future, not just putting this, you know, these drugs into the whole system? I mean, I know it's becoming more and more specialized, but do you, sure. do you see that as being the future, Gary? I think it's it's all of our intents. So, so yeah. our intent is to do less harm. Um, yeah. So where you see it being useful, so as, as doctors, we're going to apply this technology wherever we can, wherever it makes sense, and we're going to see whether it works or not. So you're mm-hmm. gonna, I think uh, you're going to quickly see uh, lots and lots of applications. Um, but I, I think it's important, you know, no one is really going in and pouring uh, toxic drugs into someone's body without it knowing that it works or, or sure. you know, or they've got some evidence that it works. Uh, so I, I think, the answer is yes, this is absolutely the, the techniques we're using are, are absolutely uh, the future. Um, and where it finds application, I think we're going we're gonna to find out. Okay. So then I have to ask the very important question for people who are listening is you say that people are sent to you referrals, um, you know, doctors are very specific about who they send to you. So 
In terms of medical aid, is it covered? Is this procedure covered? Um, and, and I'm talking specifically, you know, what you did with the, the cancer, the, the liver cancer, yeah. for example. Um, I know that some medical aids are very specific about different treatments at different stages of cancer. How, yeah. I, again, a difficult question, but perhaps you can speak to that, Gary. Sure. Um, so short answer is yes. Um, the uh, it does depend, though, um, obviously on the medical aid. But what the, there's a process. So what happens is people go into a registry, a cancer registry, and there's a, a number of treatments they would be provided. Um, and one of these uh, is is test. Does not all medical aids, but certainly the, the biggest ones. Uh, okay. You know, discovery and gems and whatever uh, medical. Uh, so uh, med schemes and so on. They they do fund this procedure in time. 